Okay, so I'm back again, this time with a, a good pal called Alan Wick, who has uh, taught me quite a lot, actually, in the chats we have, and has introduced me to some brilliant books, and I've actually talked on his radio show as well. So um, it's lovely to see you, Alan. It's been a little while. How do you feel today? Yeah, well, thanks so much for inviting me, Gareth. I'm excited to be um, on your on your podcast. I'm mixed, uh, Gareth. Mixed feelings. Um, I think front of mind is my is my father-in-law, and I'm I'm talking from my brother-in-law's house in London, where I'm staying in order to be close to my father-in-law, who's in hospital in London, um, and he's 94, going up 95 in June. I hope. Um, and he's been going through a difficult few months, maybe longer, and sort of gradually deteriorating, sharp, mind sharp as a tack. Um, but um, we're not quite sure whether this is like a kind of in hospital for a few days, a week or so, and then back home, or whether this is anything, how can I put it, more final? We don't know. So that's front of mind, and I feel sad about that. He's become like a father to me since I've known him. My father died when I was very young, and um, Martin, my father-in-law, I've known now 14 years, my second marriage. So it's not my whole life, but he's become like a father to me, um, and I feel sad about that. Uh, on the other hand, the other uh, another half of the coin is that life is good. Uh, family's well, uh, work is going well, nothing to complain about at all. So it's a kind of mixed feelings. It's strange, isn't it, sometimes when something as big as that is happening. I personally, if I've got something like that, I find it hard to still recognise the good stuff because it takes over. Is, is that what it's like at the moment? No, I'd say the... Uh, it might have been a year ago uh, or so when I might have done that or felt like that. But I think that over the last year or two, I've gradually become more and more aware of how I'm feeling now and what's going on and why that's happening. I can't say it happens all the time. If something triggering comes along, then I'm, I'm off. The emotions take over. But it's less and less and less. It, it's more more a sense of awareness of how I'm feeling and then managing my response because I'm becoming more aware of why I'm feeling like that and then going to the why. So that's been a big learning over the last year or two, I'd say. That's excellent. And I, and I realise I've contradicted myself already. <laughs> because... oh, I missed it. What happened? <laughs> well, I said that about, you know, I, I would have reacted and then I realise... Just before we talked, I told you about my hip and the fact that how differently I've reacted to that now than I would have six months or a year uh, ago, as recently as that. So what you just described, I can relate to, and happily that seems to be evolving in that way as well. So that's good. Hmm. Um, so you don't actually know what's going on at the moment then. Are you, you're in London just to be there. Hmm. Um, and... Is there any sort of, um, you could be finding stuff out today, I, I presume? Yeah, it's day to day today. Exactly. I was in the hospital a couple of days ago. Then I'll visit him again, either later today or tomorrow. And um, my my wife and 
sisters and in-law and brother-in-law are all taking in turns to go and be with him and help with the care and talk to the doctors and the consultants and so on because he's in a lot of pain and so he's being very heavily medicated so the discussions with the consultants are not always straightforward and and so it needs them one of at least one if not two of them there to help with all that translation yeah 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 i do remember that um yeah I used, and when we've been through things like that or similar um i found it helpful to to try and understand things is that does, are you like that as well where yes. the more yes. i know about the situation and understand the more yeah. equipped i feel to make proper decisions i suppose absolutely so so i think the my my wife and brother and sisters and all are asking amazing questions they're all probing and making sure they're understanding whatever the consultants are, uh, are talking about in medical language you know, it's another language yeah. and the options whether to do a or b or c and what the pros and cons are and 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 because of his age there are a lot of things happening with him simultaneously it's not just one thing and they all relate and so yeah. if you do this for that thing it'll have a knock-on effect for the other thing so it's actually quite a complicated thing to understand but yes i like to understand what's going on and that's my natural curiosity and when there's a situation like this i find otherwise i get swept away with emotion and i'm not thinking yeah. clearly anymore yeah i want to get a little bit more into my head yes 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 entirely that and i've only ever had one experience with somebody in intensive care and they i think it was three organs being supported at the same time. Wow. And what it reminded me of which you could apply to lots of things it doesn't have to be intensive care really but it reminded me of a quadratic equation oh, where wow. you change x mm. and then you know the output is it, it affects y mm. or yeah, a b and c yeah. and that balancing act was an eye opener for me where you know you 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 try to fix that thing in the moment that one thing mm. but then number 2 and 3 are knocked out at joint and then you affect 2 which reaffects number 1 and it goes in circles a lot of the time mm. 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 So for me, that's a metaphor for life <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> no it is so many things are and yes you know the thing you mentioned there about handling that sort of thing better these days from being away mm. is that something you actively try to cultivate or is yeah. that something that it is is it oh yeah yeah um a good friend of mine rob beg um has taught me a lot because he's been following the learnings of a guy called neville goddard and the whole uh if i i try rob will probably kick me to, for trying to do for, for maybe getting this wrong but it's all start with i and in in a and then then the word selfish comes up and then i say well hold on a minute there are lots of different types of selfish there's what i call bad selfish and good selfish so bad selfish might be knowing somebody else's needs you or in pain or whatever and deciding bugger that i'm not going to do that I take no notes i'll do what suits me whereas good selfish to me is like the stewardess in the plane that is saying if the oxygen mask come down put one on yourself first before your kids and so that to me is good selfish so i mean in good selfish looking after ourselves and that starts with i 
So I become, and then depending on how far you want to take this, if it's going a little bit into woo-woo land, okay, but then it's how much of our reality and my reality am I creating? And how much of my reality am I creating on a conscious level or how much am I doing because it's just I'm on automatic because it's a should do this or a should do that that we probably got from childhood or parents or whatever. And so, yeah, my journey has been very much into realizing I create my own reality. And that's great. I choose how to create it. And the more awareness I get with that, Actually, it's the opposite of control, Gareth. It's about letting go and going with the flow and not having outcomes in mind. Having, if I do this now, today, I go look at, do some exercise in the morning or whatever it is, or have a day of the week that is all about things I choose rather than the hamster wheel, whatever it is. To me, that's source. It's not attached to the outcome and the outcome will take care of itself. Brilliant. I have just read a book called Karma and it changed. I, I only had like a cartoon understanding of it prior to that. And now I've got a slightly more in focus cartoon <laughs> understanding of it. But mm. I just think of it now as planting seeds and those seeds will grow whether they're good or bad seeds. Yeah. And then that becomes the reality of your life at that point. Yeah. So some moment in the future, which will be a now, will be a consequence of that. And I experienced it on the weekend where, and this comes back to the book you mentioned to me a long time ago called Man's Search for Meaning Mm -hmm. and Living with Your Values Mm. and True to Them. And, oh, by the way, I fully subscribe to what you said about having a goal, a direction, but being in the moment and looking after yourself. But the, um, on the weekend, we went out for a, Let's call it a posh meal. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a, my wife's birthday, and a friend um, was almost insisting on paying for it. And I, I, that always feels like I shouldn't do that. Uh-huh. So, you know, when it came to the end, you know, I'd said no a few times already, but when it came to the end, I made sure I got to the, the bar first, right? <laughs> to make sure it was just split down the middle. And um, it turned out it was a, it was a, heck of a lot more than either of us would have expected because we'd sort of um, gone with it. (laughs) And it was lovely. It was a really nice meal. But then I was thinking about it yesterday. And if I had said yes to that, I wouldn't have known that it was an expensive meal. And that would have been something as we go forward as really good friends, that would have been something I wouldn't have known about, which he would have known about and have probably thought, oh, this is a bit much now. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. And it would have just sat there forever between us. Mm-hmm. And it might never, never have come to anything whatsoever, but I just realized that that idea of living to your values all the time and all the time, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. is, is so useful for not sowing the bad seeds. Mm-hmm. And, and, also, and also when the tough decisions come up, just like that one with your wife's birthday, and then it's always, I find, the test of this is with tough situations and also sometimes very um, attractive situations where there's a, a degree of 
can't think of the right word now, seduction, a seductive idea, maybe involving a lot of money. And this involves yeah. money where it's yeah. seductive. I'll just give in, he can pay. Absolutely. But on the yeah. other hand, our values are then saying, no, that I would, that wouldn't feel right about it. It may yes. cost me quote unquote cost, but it's, you know, only money. I'm sorry. That's uh, over. I don't mean to, to sound facile, but I'm just, no, using- it does. I feel, an I feel silly even using it as an example because it's about, you know, I, I don't go out very often, but I feel silly using it as an example because it's a meal yeah, and it's expensive and not everyone can do that. And yeah. I, we chose to do it this once because of a birthday. So it's a silly example, but it illustrates quite a serious point, I think. Um, but what you're saying is spot on in terms of, you know, more difficult situations where you're still able to hold on. And that's a sliding scale, isn't it? And the book you mentioned is the extreme end of that scale. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I remember the, the, uh, the image that comes to mind, Gareth, is, is when I was living in New York in the early 80s. And I moved there for a couple of reasons. One, one was personal and one was uh, work. And on the work side, um, I had a, an amazing opportunity to get in with some people that I was getting a new company up and running in the States, the long story, I won't get into the whole thing now. And it was tough it was against American competition at a UK based business. And we were, I was going out there to kind of fly the flag. And then there was an amazing opportunity came up and I then financially, and I then discovered that the people involved with the opportunity uh, and I'm really just going over the, over the surface of this for now. Well, I would, wouldn't feel comfortable going to more of it. Were, were had backgrounds and involved with people I absolutely would did not feel comfortable with. And then there was the oh shit, how do I say no? Because these people are very powerful in the industry I was in. I don't want to piss them off, but it doesn't. It's not right for my values. So I just got some help and advice from people who knew that. Uh, that those people and the people behind them. And then I managed to say no, thank you, but no, in a way that didn't piss them off. And I kept in touch as friends, but in the distance. So that saying no is, I think, one of the hardest things about this and what to say no to and why to say no to it. I agree. I agree. but And I find more often than not, my initial reaction, my instantaneous n- initial reaction is always the right one, even if I wrestle with it for a long time afterward. Mm, 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 I usually yeah. come back to that point. Yeah. Or I ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes, likewise, likewise, the wise woman and, you know, incredible feedback. But that gut feeling, you said that initial reaction, so again, uh, learning for me at the moment is the difference between instinctive reaction, gut feeling, and heart-led feeling. And in the moment of uh, where there's pressure, I think it's often we resort to our instincts, and it may take a while, it may be minutes or it may be a few days, to actually feel what's in our heart and what we want for our heart, and then make the decision. It may align with that initial instinct, but possibly not. And then that's another part of this. Brilliant, Alan. I, I always learn a lot when we speak. Seriously, that's 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 great. Thank I you. couldn't have um, put that better. And again, that comes back to the awareness, doesn't it? In terms of having the 
small, tiny little space and to practice that, to keep doing that. Mm. And I think it fuels itself then as we age and get older, if we make it a consistent way of mm. thinking and being. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Awareness. And the other word I've just read about this morning, uh, which I think is really useful for this, is confrontation, but in a positive way. So awareness of whatever is going on, and then that's not enough. It's good, but it's step one. For me, step two is then confronting whatever that is, and it's often the hardest thing we've got on our to-do list, mm. like the thing we put off or don't want to go to, to confront. We know we need to, and then once it's confronted, doing something. <laughs> and then, then, no matter what that thing is, I'm, I'm trying to think of a benign example and, an, and a difficult example, and I've got both yeah. going on at the moment. If there's any anxiety associated with those things, as soon as you go through those first two steps, you notice the anxiety lessening, don't you? Absolutely. Because you've made a conscious choice and you started to act on it. Yeah, ego trying to protect us. Fine, it's there for a reason. And then... Uh, I've got a, a, a sound background, as in audio background, and so it was a sound engineer. So I think, and this was something a coach said to me a few years ago that I found really helpful, which is think of those the, that anxiety. Think of the, the the sounds as images around you. So there, there are images. Some of the images are anxiety. There may be hope. There may be excitement. And, and, and there may be people's voices, but they've all got a volume knob. <laughs> and we will never make them go away. Don't try ever to get rid of them. They're with us for our whole life. And that's it. And so the thing is, I know you're loving me. I know you're trying to help me. But right now, I want to turn your voice down. You're not serving me, Mr. or Mrs. Anxiety. So I'm turning you down. And that then helps, I think, to go forward to something positive. So that's a technique then to enable yes. you to adjust the volume. Yes. Have you got another anything else where there's a, an emotion that you want to turn the volume down on and you have a technique that you apply to it? Um, it's, it's not in turn. Yeah, it's a great question because funnily enough, I tend to think of that as external rather than internal. I might be feeling something as a result because I'm used to that. It's cut. It's my comfort level to feel anxious about X or Y or Z or feel negative about X or Y or Z. But I still see, I've, maybe this is a new learning for me to say that I see those external voices still. Whereas anything heart-led and love-led is simple, actually. It's simple. It's in our heart. Only I know. No one else knows. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I, I would never have thought that unless you just said it. But, yeah, makes total sense. Well, thanks for asking, because I hadn't put that into words either, Gav, really. So new, new learning for me to put it to voices. Great. Well... We are coming up to 20 minutes on this call now, Alan. And as ever, it's been great. Um, it's such a lovely treat to be able to do this. Um, is there anything you'd like to say before we hang up, metaphorically? Um, the, the thing... 
that I, I'd like to talk about is, is the Japanese art of kintsugi, K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I, um, which I think is a really powerful metaphor for so much of what we're talking about. Uh, um, and it was invented hundreds of years ago in Japan when um, a Japanese emperor uh, 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 lost a vase. It broke it, or not, sorry, didn't lose it, but it was broken accidentally. And his favorite vase, really expensive, really loved it, and asked all the artisans around him to get it fixed, get it repaired. And they all said, no, no, we can't do it. I'm sorry, it's too many pieces. Come on, got to do something. And eventually, one artist um, it came up with the idea of being able to put it together, but with gold dust glue, so that when it was repaired, the bits that had been broken looked more beautiful, so the vase looked more beautiful than it had before the breaks. And at the time, it was initially an idea, an art and so on, but evolved into a philosophy. And what, what I'm passing on and wanting to illustrate is that the breaks, the weaknesses, the things that go wrong in our life, the abuse possibly, whatever the horrendous stories, a man's search for meaning, to me is a perfect example of this, that, that, that Frankl would never in a million years have chosen to go to Auschwitz, but his experience and surviving it and the work he did afterwards with logotherapy. And I think the breaks we have inside us that are then repaired are then we survive and we're stronger because of them. Those are our beauty. Those are our strength. And that's what we bring to the world if we choose to. And so that's the thing that, so it's turning a negative into a positive and looking beautiful. And I, I'd encourage anybody listening to this to look it up, Google Kintsugi, and see the most beautiful pottery that looks amazing. It's not expensive to buy. Or in my case, and I don't know if we've got, I've got time to tell the story, I had something break that was right behind me on my on my uh, Zoom in the back of my room. And I did never, I never would have wanted to have it broken. I got it Kintsugi'd. And now it's back on the wall, looking even more gorgeous than it did before. That's brilliant. And, oh, yeah, it's so good, Alan. And what I'd really like to do now, but maybe another talk, we'll come back to it. I'd like to, for us both, really, to have a chat about how that would apply to, to us in our lives. You know, because I, it makes complete sense what you've said. And it's beautiful. And... I love the idea is so visible as well mm. for other people who might feel broken in some way to see that it can be repaired. So you kind of live in it as an example. Exactly. And that's where empathy happens, in my view. There's a recognition in each other then yeah. of he or she really gets it. They really get how I'm feeling. Yeah. Because we're wearing it naturally. We're not trying to hide it. Yeah. We're not, it's not shouting either. But it's no. there for somebody who's looking. It just is. Yes. The same as everything else is just is. Yes. Well, I don't want to say goodbye now, Alan, but uh, it's been a treat. So great. Thanks for having the chat and look after yourself. It's been brilliant. Absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks again for inviting me on. Really appreciate it. That's oh, great. Bye.